Walking Tower of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neal. Hiya! Hey Sam, how are you doing this week? I'm pretty good, thanks. Yeah, not bad, how are you? Awesome, good, yeah. Not bad at all, considering I've just spilled a full cup of coffee on myself about a minute <laughs> before we hit the record button. Yeah, really, really, really wish we were recording yeah. when, when that happened, just so you could shout the F word really badly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was an experience. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good, I've, good. I've got, got the week off work. Ooh, nice. Yeah. So it's going to be a very boring week because I've got nothing planned. But I um, get uh, grinding to Mythic on Arena. That's sort of part of the plan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just sitting on Arena for like hours and hours until my partner gets back from work. Um, yeah, that's that's... It's going to be fun. Yeah, I can definitely think of worse uses of my time. Yeah, it's just like every time I'm like off work, I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be great. I'm like, you know, I don't have to go to work. I don't like going to work. And then I'm just sort of sitting around my flat for like hours on end, just uh, what am I meant to do with my time? That sounds so good. <laughs> yeah, it, it is for like the first three days. And then you get to like Thursday and you're like, okay, well, I'm sort of bored of playing standard now because I'm playing it nonstop and I just, I wish I was doing anything else. Hey, I mean, Legacy uh, Cube's up. You could go draft that. Ooh, that's true. I forgot about that. Because I said last week I was going to go draft Legacy Cube, and yeah. then uh, I didn't. So I'm, I might do that. Yeah, that's, good. that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I haven't played that much Magic this week. Um, been doing some drafts on Arena. Yeah. Um, doing the, the traditional drafts because they've taken ranked best of one. Allegiance draft off again. For God knows what reason. Yeah. It's currently M19 draft, and I have no interest in drafting that format because it's not good. Yeah, um, So I've been doing the, tr- the traditional drafts because they're like they don't they don't rank you up, but they're really good value. Yeah. In terms of the gems, so I've been like sort of going infinite on those, which has been really fun. Um, drafted like an absurd Rattos deck. Um, was halfway through drafting an Orzhov deck, and then just got past like five azorius bombs in a row so nice. made an absurd esper deck where i went 7-0 with that <laughs> yeah so that, that was sick um yeah played some played a bit of legacy uh that was good i'm very close to nearly finishing my deck in full non-latin characters nice still looking for a cavern of souls and a surgical distraction <laughs> if anyone can help me out I'm sure um, they're, they're gonna be nice and cheap but i mean they're about the same price actually yeah um on card market uh, and SCG because they got printed um, in Masters sets. Yeah. So the I think the, the print run in languages is about the same. Okay. Cool. Um, so the Cavern of Souls is actually cheaper because it got printed in Masters 3 and uh, Ultimate Masters. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of Japanese copies of those floating around, whereas like Japanese copies of Scrib Ranger are like harder to find. Yeah, I can or imagine. Japanese guys' cradles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're about the same price. Yeah, they're about the same price. So I'm probably just going to wait till GP London and sort of go find one of the Japanese traders who I imagine will have those in stock and yeah. just sort out some kind of trade. Um, but yeah, I'm playing that. I still love Maverick, to the surprise of no one. Um, and that's that's about it. What about you? How's your week been? Yeah, it's been all right. It's uh, again, haven't played much Magic myself. It's been WrestleMania weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. as well documented, I think by now. Wrestling is my other. Big, big, <laughs> big passion hobby. Um, yeah, I found that like I feel like between all platforms of social media, I'm the only person that I know that doesn't 
care about wrestling. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so, yeah, everyone's been going off about WrestleMania, and I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, just I mean, have no, have no interest. WrestleMania is probably the worst thing about WrestleMania weekend. Like, I'm not a fan of the WWE in, in the slightest. I mean, they've got some good wrestlers there, absolutely, but not a fan of them as a company or. Oh yeah, aren't they just yeah. run by a horrible, horrible bastard? Yeah, uh, to put it politely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's putting it politely, that can't be good. Oh yeah, I know that they're they're a very unethical company. I, I just really don't agree with it all. Yep. But WrestleMania weekend is awesome for independent wrestling, and it's that thing of like where if you have like a festival or something on in like a town, you have like some of the good bands or like some other bands in the area will put on shows. At like smaller venues around the town, around the festival. So it's that kind of thing. So you get loads of people in town for WrestleMania weekend. Then uh, all of the independent promotions book their own shows. So mm. you just got all these cool indie shows. So I've been oh, watching sweet. a lot of those. Um, because they all stream them as well. And it's, yeah, been really good. Really entertaining. Oh, cool. But as far as magic goes, mm-hmm. uh, Saturday morning, I did a return to Ravnica draft. Yes. Actual return to Ravnica paper draft. Uh, it was it was it was fun. Um, so it's been a while since I since I did one, and last time I did it, uh, I opened Azor's Allocutors uh-huh. and just forced Azorius and had some nonsense. Sure. So this time around, I was like, yeah, just just give me those, give me those Allocutors. Let's do this again. Mm-hmm. So we go get all the packs out. I'm sitting there. I'm like, come on, just one time Azor's Allocutors. Let's just have some nonsense. Let's have some fun. Pack one, pick one. Azor's Elocutors. <laughs> actually in the pack. <laughs> nice. It was, yeah, it was great. So that was my pack one, pick one. And then was my any, pack one, any, pick two was a Sphere of Safety. Sorry? Were there any better cards in the pack that you should have taken over the Elocutors? I honestly have no idea what else was in that pack. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and slammed that and was like, yep. That makes sense. We're doing it. We're doing this. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that, that happened. And then my pack one, pick two was Sphere of Safety. And I was like, okay, sick. Yeah, we'll we'll take that as well. Um, okay. And then after that, it was Nazorius just a car, and I was like, okay, I guess I'm just the, the do nothing deck. Yep. Uh, and yeah, just drafted a really sweet blue white Azorius deck, just forcing all of the fun cards like Paralyzing Grasp, and um, yeah, I picked up a copy of uh, of. Codex Shredder, I almost forgot the name then. <laughs> Picked up a Codex Shredder uh, mm-hmm. and then ended up getting past like a psychic spiral and was like, okay, I guess I'm on this this plan as well. Oh, sweet. Uh, and my pack three pick one was a detention sphere, so I just had all the pieces, which was really cool. Uh, ended up going 2 1 in the end, unfortunately, though. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I lost, so it's okay. I lost my round one uh, against. Uh, a very very aggressive Rakdos deck which was a really good deck mm-hmm. uh, but then I it was the, the final game of that so we won one and then the final game I died when they had like one card left in the library it was very sad oh well you, you nearly got there right That's yeah hard. nearly got That's... there yeah the best was like um, casting the de- de- detention sphere on like turn I think it was turn four and getting like three like gore chain walkers or whatever they're called. <laughs> sure. like the the, uh, the just the like the two mana two one aggressive uh, Rakdos card. That they, they, mm-hmm. it was a really good deck. Like it was a really good, 
really hyper aggressive Rakdos deck, and yeah, was not. It was not going to win that that match. Sure. But I did manage to get two uh, two allocators kills, and I got kills with them just milling my opponent out as well. It was it was a good fun for me and probably no one else. <laughs> that's how you know it's the most fun. That's the most value. Yeah, <laughs> that is you true. had all the fun. That is true. Awesome. Yeah, other than that, uh, I'd done a couple of drafts on, on Magic Arena. Uh, it's M19 draft is still just no fun. Uh, you are correct. Stop drafting that format. It's not good. Yeah, I'm going to have to, I think, definitely. Just pay pay for a draft. Just pay for a traditional Allegiance draft and actually have fun and win packs. We'll see. I want to keep my, my Arena account like completely free to play. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to think about how much money I've put into that game at this point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's not a huge amount, but it's like probably more than I should into a computer game that I have no interest in actually doing well at. I just do it because I'm like to pass the time because it's fun. Not because um, you want to be a, a super awesome esports ath- athlete. E athlete. No. Ethlete, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it. Uh, God no, no, I don't want to do that. I just do it because it's. I mean, it's for the same reason I play Magic. Like I don't play Magic to make the Pro Tour, right? Yeah, sure. I play Magic because it's fun. Um, then again, I'll probably play some uh, MCQs in London. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm planning on on playing. I'll probably give them a go. Um, but yeah, yeah, I have no interest in doing that. So that's I'm just playing Magic for fun. So spending money on something like that seems a bit pointless. But then again, that's my entire Magic life, right? I've spent money on something that doesn't actually matter and is inconsequential to my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Awesome. So last week we we talked briefly about uh, the War of the Spark spoilers mm-hmm. and that previews had started. They were coming thick and fast. Uh, we've got a lot more now. Mm-hmm. I think as of recording. Yeah, as of recording, we have 151 out of 264 cards currently previewed. Yeah, that's quite a lot. And yeah, there's <clears> some good ones, there's some terrible ones, there's some really interesting ones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, obviously, by the time we put this up on Wednesday, because we're currently recording on Monday night, yeah. we'll probably have a lot more on those ones we would have wanted to talk about, but, you know, such as podcasting. Yeah, that, um, is, that is true. <laughs> but, you know, we're going to say some say some cool things about some cool cards, so this is probably worth your time regardless. Yeah. <laughs> So we figured it's a, it's going to be a set that is completely jam-packed full of planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we haven't had all of those planeswalkers revealed to us yet. So we thought, well, rather than talk about the ones that have been spoiled legitimately and n- non-legitimately, illegitimately? Illegitimately. Yeah. Illegitimately. Illegitimately, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we figured we'll we'll save the planeswalkers until next week where we should have them all all previewed Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll talk about each one and give a proper good rundown of what we think their impact is going to be on standard and maybe other formats too yeah absolutely I think in general the ones that we have seen so far have been pretty good I think it's interesting like um, the whole Uncommon Planeswalker stuff yeah definitely Um, I think my general thing of it because uh, there have been I've I've looked quite a few of them and just been generally unimpressed but then seeing other people's takes on them um, and they've been a lot higher on them than I have. Yeah. And I think it's just sort of getting past that barrier of like expecting planeswalkers to be these mythic bombs that are just unbeatable and absurd. Yeah. And, and you know, win you the game. Um, whereas we're not, we, have, we don't have that because we have uncommon planeswalkers. We have a lot of planeswalkers which just have minus abilities. Um, 
and so I mean I mean we're not going to cover like the actual cars themselves, but the the planeswalkers at so the planeswalkers at Mythic are like normal planeswalkers. Yeah, but they have a static ability. Yeah, so they're like that, like an enchantment. But then they also have the the normal loyalty abilities. Um, let's say they have three abilities and then the static ability. The ones that rare have two abilities and a static ability. Yeah, and then the uncommon ones have one loyalty ability and a static ability. Um, which is a good way to design them because you couldn't you couldn't make you know planeswalkers as we know them currently at uncommon. Yeah, definitely. They're sort of they're, uh, which is really cool. But I've sort of been evaluating them, and be like, oh, this doesn't seem like a very good planeswalker, but they it seems like a very good uncommon. Yeah, I think it's getting out of that mindset that I've been sort of looking at some of them and being like, oh, this doesn't look very good. But then in terms of an uncommon, it's very good. Yeah, Whereas I think it, it's going to be quite difficult to to sort of change that mindset. Really, um, mm-hmm. something that. We've been used to planeswalkers being these you know, big flushy mythic things for for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I think to be like that. I think that that's that's pretty much why I, I was determined that we weren't going to see uncommon planeswalkers in this set. Sure, I I didn't think we were going to see rare planeswalkers. I thought we were going to have some sort of like special distribution where you'd have obviously you'd have a you'd have a planeswalker slot in the booster pack. Where it would contain a planeswalker, that planeswalker would be mythic regardless of, of you know its abilities or whatever, uh, and then there'd be thirty six planeswalkers in the set. Potentially, that could be like one per pack. Uh, so, if you, so you'd have like thirty six different ones per box. Because I know there's there's a lot of things that you can do um, in terms of like booster pack collation now that mm-hmm. they couldn't have done previously. So I was thinking maybe we'd see something like that, and you'd have you'd have like a different one in each pack you opened essentially. So you're guaranteed to open all of them per the per If the you box. get a box, you'd get a full set, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I've, I think I am quite impressed with with how they've done it, and from what we understand of the story so far, it does make a bit of sense. And yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a it's it's brave, it's right? Well, yeah, it's definitely. I think it's it's well thought out, and I think you know they've, they've put a lot of work into into doing it properly because they could have messed it up yeah well i think i mean obviously we don't know all of them yet we, we don't know the like the context of them in standard or the context of them in limited which is certainly a big thing yeah um but it seems so far just from spoilers and stuff and, and their perceived power level they seem they seem to have done quite a good job yeah definitely would agree there strongly <clears throat> but yeah we'll we'll cover those next week um most likely in full when we'll we'll have the the full spoiler for the planeswalkers mm-hmm because uh, Planeswalkers is one of the big mechanics in War of the Spark. Is yeah. it a mechanic? They say it's a mechanic. It doesn't really feel like a me- like a mechanic, but I guess it is. It's more of a it's more of a feature of the set, right? Yeah, I mean, vehicles was a mechanic, right? And well, well crews the mechanic. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, but vehicles were vehicles, a mechanic, and the vehicles and the are more article. of a feature of the. I guess we're just getting into semantics here. It doesn't really matter that much, does it? Yeah. <laughs> sure. So yeah, other than Planeswalkers, we have two <coughs> mechanics in this set. Uh, we have a mass, uh, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, it's the one brand new key- keyword in War of the Spark. Uh, a mass is you put X amount of plus one, plus one counters on an army you control. If you don't control one, create a zero, zero black zombie army creature token first. And then, yep. obviously, it has a number next to a mass. So a mass three, for example, you put three plus one plus one counters on it. Yep. It's 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 an interesting one, right? I I don't think I like it. No, honestly. It's, I mean, so there's a card like there's was one card like because we're gonna we're gonna go through a few, like a few specific spoilers yeah. uh, on the show, and there's one card 
um, in specific that has that has a mass. Yeah. That I want to talk about then, but it just it seems like a weird mechanic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think we're obviously used to things like that that make tokens kind of you know making your board state bigger, like you going wide. Whereas obviously this one goes kind of goes tall just by sort of pumping the one creature you have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's certainly a lot worse than mechanics we've seen like this in the past, where you, you like something like populate, for example. Mm-hmm. I think this is far worse than, than populate. It's interesting because it, I mean, um, it interacts with the with the other mechanic of the set as well, it obviously, does, yeah. in a way that like sort of going wide with tokens doesn't, yeah. uh, and obviously that's tied into it. Um, I think it's interesting. We've seen we've seen the tokens for a mass, yeah. You see, you've seen them. They're, yeah, they, they, are, look, they are really cool, to be honest. They're really cool. So you've got like a big, like eternal zombie, right, from Amonkhet in the front, and then at the back, there's like other ones like running to join it. Yeah, but they're not quite. They're, they're not quite in the actual sort of frame of it. You can just sort of see them in the background. I think that's quite. That's quite a cool, um, a cool token design based on how the mechanic works. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I just I, I'm not sure how it's going to play. It seems like it'll be interesting for limited, and. It certainly gets around that because I mean tokens in like having a, a heavy tokens synergy like a, a token theme in a limited set can be quite obnoxious a lot of the time. Yeah, where people are just sort of um, you just have absurd board states where no one can tack into each other because everyone's got a bunch of one ones and two twos and you just have that mess. Whereas if you just have like a big a eight, <laughs> like it's there, right? Like it's something that can win you the game, but it's also something that that is easier very, to very deal with. To kill spells, yeah. It's- so yeah. I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Definitely. I, I I can't imagine. I can't imagine the mechanic will see play outside of limited at all. Um, and if it does, I think, I think, I think like it'll a, just be kind of coincidentally like tacked onto a card. Yeah, it'll be sort of like. I think it'll see it fringe. But no one's going to be. I, I would be surprised for someone to build the mass deck. Yeah, definitely. Because you're playing this thing. You're playing all these cards. And like, I mean, the cards have effect, right? So you have like does such and such a mass one or yeah. a mass two. So. Um, but it seems fine, but you're just making a big thing, right? You're just making a big zombie army token yeah. or whatever. And that's not particularly interesting from a constructive point of view, because you're just making a big thing, a big thing, and it's it's much easier to interact with, it's much easier to remove, because it gets it gets bounced. If you, it bounces, it gets removed. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't have a CMC, so like any removal spells that care about CMC and such like that. Yeah. It's... Um, it doesn't have any evasion. Like, I can't see someone building in a mass deck because you're building a token deck. Yeah. Your plan is to swarm the board, and that's where you win. You go wide. Absolutely. It's like building in a mass deck where all of your cards are kind of mediocre, but they have a mass tact on. That's yeah. why they're interesting. Are just sort of mopey. <laughs> and yep. You just have a big thing, and it's like. And it just dies to Kaya. That's... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dies to Kaya. That yeah. seems like a very, very big consideration. Yeah, um, I think that that's. Um, I know there was. There were some questions about Kaya put to Mark Rosewater on his blog um, not long after Ravnica Allegiance came out, and he specifically said that Kaya was designed with a, a mechanic from War of the Spark in mind. So I think obviously it is. It is this one. Sure, I can't see that interaction coming up that much though. No, same. Um, and that, in that case, it just seems awful because yeah. that's the thing. So you 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 use all these cards to amass uh, and to make this thing big and to make like a, a six six seven seven whatever. And then it can just get removed in one go, and you've sort of wasted. So you've been playing all these strictly worse cards. So say I'm I'd like, we we have some examples, but like, say there's um, cards that like counter target spell a mass one. Yeah. Right, you're playing a higher rate on a reasonable counter spell to a mass one, so you're playing less efficient cards. 
and you're playing worse cards in order to get this amass thing and the amass thing isn't that um isn't that important isn't that um isn't that impactful that's the word yeah for sure uh, yeah to the board state into winning the game um which is it, yeah, it just seems bad it's cool and I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it with limited i think it'll be reasonable for limited but it just seems kind of bad yeah it, it's strange because it, it although it kind of like it makes sense when you look when you look at the token and like you see the images of all the zombies and you look at the the tokens next to each other it kind of makes sense that way but flavorfully it, like it, it doesn't make sense at all because you're you're amassing. You're, I mean, yeah, for want of a better word, you're amassing all of these zombies. So you'd think it would just be, you know, making loads and loads of, of creature, different creature tokens, rather than yeah. I think one. it would be a problem. But yeah, I think it's it's that like having having army, having like yeah, multiple creatures as being represented by one creature token just just feels kind of strange. I mean, if we're talking in terms of flavor, it's a planeswalker set. And in standard, you can have several planeswalkers with the same name. Yeah, like you'll be able to have like two copies of Kaya in play. Like that, that makes no flavorful sense, right? I mean, um, you could argue it's just Jace casting illusions, right? Uh, uh, sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure, that, that's that's fine, I guess. I give yeah, it. I think uh, so. I imagine at a certain point in development, a mass was probably like, or something. It, maybe it wasn't called a mass, but it was just a certain thing um, in terms of making two two zombies. Yeah, right. Or maybe one one zombies to represent the eternal and their invasion of. Uh, Ravnica, right? Because that's that's what Amas is, right? It's, it's the Eternals coming from Ravnica. Yeah. Uh, brought here by Boulders to to sort of destroy Ravnica. And I imagine at some point there was there, there was some um, mechanic that um, that just made zombie tokens, and that just seems a little bit too strong. If you have all these cards like that are just incidental commons that just amass, as well as another effect or like a creature that enters battlefield and amasses, if they all just make two twos, yeah, or one ones, that seems kind of bad. Yeah, for and. Sure. Not be fully limited, and will probably be a little bit too powerful. So I think like this is this is a like a reasonable way to represent the story. Yeah, in a mechanic, even if it doesn't quite fit in terms of actual like, yeah, flavor like, for the set. For sure, like it, it it makes sense when you look at this, but it it does feel like kind of a flavor fail, right? Yeah, that's a problem. I mean. Sure, but I mean, we'll have to see how it goes. I, I, I can't imagine it's going to be particularly impactful or particularly good. Yeah. On the other hand, I do know what probably will be impactful and is usually very, very good. It's the mm-hmm. uh, the returning mechanic, so the other mechanic that we have in War of the Spark, that is Proliferate. Phyrexians confirmed. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> proliferate, mm. for those who don't know, uh, is you choose any number of permanents and or players, then give each another counter of each kind already there. Yeah, so it works with all one counters. It, it works, works with planeswalker loyals. Yeah, it works with energy. Yeah, that would have been that would have been bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we had proliferate when energy was a thing. Uh, it obviously works with planeswalker loyalty counters. Um, so it's a, it's a sweet combination. So you know the play, the the mechanics in the set are amass and planeswalkers and proliferate and proliferate works nicely with both of those yeah. things because you you give planeswalkers another loyalty and you give your amass creature another counter. Um, it also I can't think of there's anything particularly interesting in standard currently that works with counters because it, I mean, it affects all counters like charge counters or anything yeah. like that you have uh, like I mean, treasure map counters and stuff yeah uh, treasure map um, no I think I think obviously just your your creatures really um, like hydro crisis and your explore creatures mm-hmm. like just making all yep. your explore creatures bigger is probably a, a pretty good thing I would have thought so yeah um, but yeah I, I can't think of like, any like fun interactions like um like charge counters or anything, or anything yeah. like that. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 going to be good. Um, most of the cards we've seen with proliferate so far haven't been particularly like impressive or bomby. They seem very much a limited yeah. focus. 
which is fine. Like I think, like, like mechanics existing just for limited, like a mass, and like proliferate are just fine. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I think with proliferate as well. I think it's 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 one of those mechanics that if done if if done incorrectly or or maybe correctly, uh, mm-hmm. it it can be it can be far too good very easily. And I, I think it's I think it's better to be safe than sorry when it comes to an effect like uh, proliferate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I'd I think it's fine. Like, have, have, these, of... have these spells that are kind of mediocre and, and don't really affect too much than have like just one completely broken deck that just makes the standard format miserable for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they are obviously very careful. Like we have a lot of cards that just like when it in the battlefield proliferate and stuff like that. Um, we have like proliferate sort of like randomly tacked onto other effects like a masses. Yeah. Um, on fairly underwhelming cards. Which is fine in terms of, in terms of like a limited in terms of like you want to be drafting the um, the proliferate cards rather than probably putting them in your constructed deck. There might be like one or two that will come through and actually be good, but um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. I'm a big fan of proliferate. Yeah, it's it's certainly certainly interesting to see it back and definitely be keeping an eye on on it. There are one or two cards I, I almost think might be good enough for constructed play. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, so it wasn't it wasn't one of the cards that we were gonna gonna cover, but yeah, just just a world where you can play like Flux Channeler. So it's it's two and a blue, free two two human wizard. Whenever you cast a non creature spell, pro- uh, proliferate. Like, yeah, that seems interesting. Yeah, that with a Teferi on board seems pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> um, just cast a negate like... and plus my Teferi and just get to the ultimate faster. It seems. Fine. Yeah. I think in standard, like when if you're playing, uh, so if you're playing game one, or you're playing best of one. Putting a two two on the battlefield just turns on their dead cards anyway. Like yeah, it yeah. turns on their removal against your control deck. Yeah, um, you'd never play it in best of one. And then it also just like sort of, you means you have to tap out on what is it three mana two two? Yeah, I have to tap out on turn three where you're like want to be leveraging a mortify or a, or a sinister sabotage and absorb or something like that. Yeah, sure. Um, which is kind of a problem, and then just sort of like. It's good, but I think if you have an unchecked fairy that you get to untap with, it's probably getting there anyway, and proliferating it doesn't make it that much better. That's true, but, you know, a boy can dream, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I just like you to get excited about something and then completely tear it down from under you. That's sort of <laughs> how I work. I just want um, to break to fairy even more so than he already is, to be honest. Like, <laughs> And we, we've got a good few cards that'll probably do that, right? Yeah. One of which we'll cover this week. One of which we'll cover. Uh, two of which we'll cover this week. One of which we'll cover next week. Yeah, definitely. We'll definitely get to one next week. Yeah, there are a lot of cards that make Teferi very good. If he wasn't already completely busted. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Sweet. So, with all that said, do you want to start talking about some actual cards from War of the Spark? I guess so. Um, so, should we start from the top? At least what I think is quite possibly my, my favorite card in the set so far. Yeah, go on. Massacre Girl. Oh yeah. Three black black for a legendary creature. It's a human assassin. It's a four four with menace. And when Massacre Girl enters the battlefield, each of a creature gets minus one minus one till end of turn. Whenever a creature dies this turn, each creature other than Massacre Girl gets minus one minus one until end of turn. That's such a sweet card. Yeah. Um what's the Hearthstone card that does this? Yeah, so it is Defile from Hearthstone essentially. Which is uh, in Hearthstone world, it's deal one damage to all minions. If any die, cast this again. Yeah, so they're not done taking away their uh, 
their gameplay and their tournament design. They're uh, <laughs> taking their actual cards. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. their players saw, as saw, well. Yeah, 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 that's that's very true. But hey, he chose to p- compete of his own free will. Um, yeah, I saw I saw a tweet from someone in R and D that said they've been trying to put this in a set since like actual return to Ravnica. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they finally got it in, which is really cool. And this card is this card is amazing. Yeah, this is absolutely it is, my favorite card. It's a really so really good mechanic, and I I, <laughs> I think it's one of those cards that I understand how they might have struggled to sort of fit this into sets in the past or fit how to sort of convey this mechanic in sets in the past but now that you know everything's going to be all eyes on arena an effect like this is, is something that's going to be easy to to show how this works on arena oh yeah absolutely it's going to look really cool on arena yeah. it just dies um yeah i think this, this this card's just great for so many reasons it's certainly certainly my favorite in the set that i've seen so far um which considering it's a black card is uh <laughs> is impressive um so obviously it's it's very similar to Mask of Worm yes from Mirrored and Besieged which I'm a big fan of yeah it's um, a cube all-star is Mask of Worm yes I recently picked one up for an EDH deck nice that's as an aside do you know how much a Mask of Worm is worth if you'd hazard a guess it's one of those weird cards where it's going to be either just absolutely next to nothing or far mm-hmm. more than it ever should be yeah Mirrored and Besieged Mythic Rare where are we going uh, I'm going to go let's go yeah let's go high let's go $19.99 $28. Wow. <laughs> yeah, just, wow. Okay. I was sure. doing some trades at FM. So I've been like retooling one of my commander decks to be like a reanimator deck and I didn't have a muscle one. Like, oh, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just pick this up. This will be fine. This will be like, what, $12? $28. Wow. Yeah, I traded a Blood Moon for a muscle one. It feels bad. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, at least you know they're guaranteed to reprint Blood Moon in pretty much any master set. Yeah, Mask of Worm. Yeah, it's, it's only had the one print, and so I guess, I guess that's understandable. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's also absurd. Um, but I'm obviously going to pick up a Mask of Girl for that same reason. Yeah. Um, this this card's great. The fact that it's a legendary creature just called Mask of Girl. Yeah. Is great. Um, apparently, yeah, there have been quite a lot of references on on Ravnica to this character in particular, which is which is really really cool. It's like a Rakdos character. Yeah. Um, that's you know a human assassin. She looks really cool. I think this, yeah, this is absolutely my favorite card in the set. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> it, yeah, that's it. It, it. it just looks, it looks so cool. Like, the it art really is does. amazing. The name is amazing. The effect is amazing. And, yep. like, five mana, four, four with Menace. Like, if it was that alone, then that's, that's, like, fine for limited. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I just it just gets this, like, ridiculous, like, pseudo wrath effect. Like, all aboard the Massacre Train, definitely. Yeah, and then it's a four four with menace. <laughs> just yep. like sweet. yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how many like sort of constructive uh, implications this card has, um, but it's certainly an excellent mana card and probably an excellent cube card. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, I mean, it, it's probably. I'm not sure if if there is a deck there yet, but if there is some sort of like Mardu aristocrats thing, then I can see it probably being played in that deck. Uh probably the fact that it kills your own creatures yeah. is kind of a problem um but i, I, know, I like kill my things drain and gain like seems good right yeah absolutely because we've got um a blood artist effect now right yeah yeah um, so you get a blood artist effect and afterlife cards or so it's like i'll kill all of my things and all your things drain and gain and now i've got some flying tokens oh yeah because the afterlife because the, the effect has to fully resolve right yeah it's not exactly like um i've already forgotten the name of the card from Hearthstone. Defile. 
defile as yeah. the one um, where you cast it again. It's just it's it's one ability that resolves. Yeah. Um, so aftermath uh, after afterlife doesn't happen until after. Um, yeah, there's, there's certainly some interesting. There's definitely um, some applications there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think it's really really cool, and I'm excited to pick up quite a few of these because I imagine it'll be an EDH staple for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite sick. It's great. I love it. Awesome. Big fan. Cool. Do you want to move on to our next card? Yeah, go for it. So this one is is a card that has a mass. Yes. So it is Dreadhorde Invasion. One and a black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your life, at the beginning of your upkeep, you lose one life and a mass one. So you put a 1-1 counter on an army you control. If you don't control one, create a 0-0 black zombie army creature token first. And then whenever a zombie token you control with power 6 or greater attacks, it gains lifelink until end of turn. Yes. So this is sort of like Bitter Blossom. I mean, in the fact that it's a 2-mana enchantment that makes a 1-1 one, one at the beginning of your upkeep and you lose life, sure. Co- yeah, that's the thing. So like, it, there have been a lot of comparisons to Bitter Blossom. Yeah. This isn't this isn't remotely Bird Blossom. <laughs> it is nowhere near as good. Um, for the for the things we touched on when we talked about a mass as a mechanic, it's just you're making like I mean it has it has the joke on the on the card text whenever you cat with a zombie that has power six or greater, uh, it gains lifelink to, you know, rebuy all of that life yeah. that you've paid. But you're making a big thing, not lots of little things. And that definitely affects how it plays. Um, and I, I'm not sure this. I mean, th- this is the kind of card that fits into an aristocrat style deck where you keep sacking off your zombie army yeah. to then make another one next turn, which is certainly an interesting use of the card. But I can't see this being particularly impressive in standard. I, I could be wrong, but making like just having a big thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe it's, it's not. I'm not. It's not bitter blossom. Is is the problem? I think everybody. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, everybody who's who's excited about it is. Is yeah, I don't know. Looking at it and just seeing the bitter blossom effect, but it, it really, it really isn't that. Like going wide is so much better than going tall, in like any mm-hmm. situation. And I, I can't imagine, I can't imagine this is leaving me good enough for standard. Like it's um, probably, it's probably great in limited. Like if I open this, if I open this, it. I was gonna say if I open this at pre-release, I'd be happy, but I mean, probably not because I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going not going. You know, X zero or X one with a with a deck with that as my rare, but you know. Yeah, um, I think it's interesting. I, I mean, it, it provides a chump up every turn, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, it, ugh, I don't know. It seems fine. It could be the kind of card I'm wrong on. Um, it's it just it doesn't seem that interesting. I think it's cool. Yeah, I think the yeah, it's just it just it strikes me as something that's not that impressive as a constructor card yeah. or a limited card particularly. Yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about it, to be honest, other than it's it's not Bitter Blossom. It's just, it yeah. looks like Bitter Blossom, but it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like, if it's an aristocrat stack, yeah. sure. Um, it's got a really cool interaction with Divine Visitation. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> if you <laughs> want to do that. Yeah, if, if, I mean, if you're going to survive, it'll turn five or whatever. If, <laughs> so, yeah, well, it's like losing cool. one life per turn from that with, with Mono Red, Red Run and Wild. Yeah, it's like everything that everyone said about Divine Visitation when it was first spoiled. Yeah. Been like, this card's incredible, it's really, really good, but like this, it just doesn't work. It's, pre- it's probably great in EDH yeah. <laughs> if, you want, if you want to do that, but uh, yeah, it's not great. No, yeah, I just wanted to get up just because I, I, I've seen a lot of good things about this card and I don't, I don't agree. That's fair. I think, it's, I think it's quite poor. Let's move on to so our next one, which I, I think is the complete opposite and is, is in 100%. fact really good. Uh, yes. That is Liliana's Triumph. 
Oh, hell yeah. One and a black for an instant. Each opponent sacrifices a creature. If you control a Liliana Planeswalker, each opponent also discards a card. What the hell is this card? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so with Modern Horizons on, uh, like on the horizon, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, we there was sort of a lot of speculation. Something like Diabolic Edict is probably probably in that set. Seems yeah. great. That would be a really good include, but really good in Modern. Um, and you know, sees a non-zero amount of play in Legacy in Grixis Control type type decks. Yeah. Um, sure. And now we just have a strict upgrade to that card. Yeah. Yeah. Just also, if you control Liliana, which in most, the deck that's playing yeah, Diabolic most decks Edict, that play will yeah. Yeah, you also get to make them discard a card. Yeah. Uh, this card's great. Um, it's. I'm not sure about edict effects in standard currently. I think they're probably okay. Like if you've managed to deal with your opponent's threats and the way that they beat you is by resolving a Carnage Tyrant, this is good. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, but I mean, this card, this card is just objectively good. Yeah, that's it. Like, will s- certainly make waves in modern, if nothing else. Yeah, like maybe, maybe there's a mono black deck which plays Liliana Planeswalkers and it just goes fine in there. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's just a sideboard card. It's like a two of for control decks. I think either thing is is fine. Yep. Um, but as far as modern goes, this is uh, this is going to be a very sought after card. Yeah, it's going to be great. I and think we even have more the... so the special open house promo as well, featuring the full yeah, that... Liliana on the front. Yeah, that is the, currently the art I'm looking at, um, and it, it's great. It's really really nice. It's a really nice card. I'm excited for this. It's, yeah, it's, it's obviously going to be playing be playable in modern. And I think it would be very funny if they printed Diabolic Edict in Modern Horizons. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> be a bit of a swing and a miss, I think, after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there, I think there yeah. is one thing that I would, would quite like to touch on about this card. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that it's called Liliana's Triumph. Is that is that just giving away a massive story spoiler right at the beginning of the, the set preview? No, not necessarily. Um, I mean, it doesn't suggest anything that we don't already have from the, from the trailer. I mean, so, Triumph shows that... I mean, Triumph's obviously a victory. She's going to have some sort of victory. Yeah, but that could be on either side, right? That could be against Bolas, or it could be in favour of Bolas, where she's just leading because her Planeswalker card, I think it's... We're not going to talk about it in specific, but it's, it's like leading the, the Eternals, right, through the portal. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. That could be like... that. That's triumphant in a sense, even if it's for the wrong team, I guess. Yeah. So she can, she can be triumphant in terms of anything, really. Um, whether either good or bad, this is true. Also, we've also like the entire Ravnica has just been one big spoiler for a story we still haven't got. So, <laughs> like we had story spotlight cards for a story that doesn't exist yet. Well, not that doesn't exist, but we that we aren't able to read yet. And we've had that since Guilds of Ravnica. So I think having this here is just sort of part and parcel of <laughs> what's it at the moment. Sure, sure, that's S- fair. Spoiling, spoiling stories that we're going to get at some point, maybe, probably. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, like the uh, like the Chandra comic that is set after War of the Spark. <laughs> yep. Where she's <laughs> just a bunch of characters fine. we know that obviously aren't going to die here. Uh, and yep. also the the blurb for the book for the War of the Spark novel that's set mm-hmm. after War of the Spark has also been, been released. Uh, you can go check that out on Amazon if you want to see who else definitely survives uh, <laughs> this conflict <laughs> on Africa. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of annoying, right? Yeah, We've sure. got such an excellent story, and based on the, the amount of work and money that was put into the trailer they made, um, this is clearly a huge story that's clearly very important, and they've just kind of butchered it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the story will be great, and I'm sure we'll love it, and it'll be really great, and I'll, I'll, I'll you know, but 
um, in terms of the way it's been released to us, we sort of know half the stuff that happens already. Yeah. Without seeing any of the story itself, and it's like that's not great <laughs> when you're like telling possibly one of the most important stories in in modern magic. Yeah, that is that is true. But oh, yeah, well, I'm I'm quite excited to see what exactly the Juliana's triumph is once we do oh, get yeah, that yeah. full story revealed to us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this card is certainly certainly very good. Yeah, I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Should we move on to our, to our next one? <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. Uh, this one is is. Uh, Kind of, kind of stupid. So we've got we've got Dovin's veto. Yep. Which is uh, blue white, well white blue for an instant. This spell can't be countered. Yep. Counter counter target non creature spell. <laughs> you had me. This spell can't be gates. countered. Yeah. Yeah. This is absurd. Uh, also, it's kind of interesting because I'm currently on mythicsplorer.com, and if you go over it, it um, changes the art to the Ephedim promo from the set. Ah, oh, yeah, it does. Also, that's why I kind of paused when I was reading it because it suddenly changed. <laughs> I, was kind of, I was confused. Um, but yeah, I think this, this card's uh, clearly very good. Yeah, negate that can't be counted is is fantastic. I think uh, I'm not In... I'm not sure exactly where it's going to find a home just yet, but it absolutely to will fairy? find a home. To oh yeah, for sure. Decks? Yeah, whether it. Yeah, I just think whether it's going to be. In a main board or a sideboard is, I th- is the think question. I think it's probably just reasonable because uh, we have another card we're going to talk about as well. Sure. Um, I think, like blue white, it might just be reasonable to really, really reduce the black splash. Yeah, quite probably. Kai's wrath might not be necessary anymore in yeah. terms of like because one of the cards we're talking about in a second. Um, so that that card might not be completely playable. So the black splash might not be might not need to be as heavy. Yeah. So you can just go turn five to fairy plus one and tap two lands. Hold up Dovin's veto. Yeah, that seems good. Um, and that's just like the difference between if you're on turn five, like the difference between this and the gate is minimal. Yeah. Having a blue and white mana open. Um, this card's just a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the fact that it's not called Dovin's ban is. Uh, an absurd oversight and I'm actually very angry about it yeah I, I mean the name as well just makes me think of Danny DeVito like Dovin's Vito it makes me feel like it, make, it reminds me of uh, Don Vito from Viva La Bam yeah yeah which is yeah which is a, you know a good reference and the fact that you laughed at it makes me very happy hey, hey, um, I, I got that reference so. <laughs> I remember Viva La Bam's Van Magera's dad's friend who he liked to beat up or whatever they did on that show. It's uncle. Yeah. He's dead now. No, also, oh, he is, isn't he? Yeah. Also turned out to be R.I.P. No, not no. R.I.P. He turned out to be a massive wrong. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> he turned out to not to be a very shady character. Um, Just R.I. I guess then. Rest in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what it reminds me of, and that's that's that show is literally the reason that uh, me and my partner are together. Sweet. <laughs> so, um, anyway, yeah, this card's great. The, the, yeah, just a Dovin's ban, right? You've got to call it Dovin's ban. Yeah. Because Vito and ban are basically the same word. Yeah, for sure. I'm Dovin ban. Dovin's ban. Come on. <laughs> it's just it's just easy. Uh, this card is very very good, <laughs> and it will definitely see stand to play. Yeah, it's it's horrible, and I love it. Yeah, it's gonna uh, it's gonna good. upset some some players. I think. Uh, yes. All for that, to be honest. Oh, I hope it does. I I love when counter spells upset people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like try harder. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah, this card's great. I don't think there's much more can be said about it. It's certainly 
in the in the decks because the, the blue white is sort of established itself as a control color combination in standard currently yeah for sure and can't see that going anywhere with current cards we have mm. um and with this card slots right in like i said the black splash might be because Casper is sort of like the default currently i guess yeah but we also have jessica decks i mean like the splash might just become a little bit more minimal if you have something like this which is just can't just be a hammer and control mirrors yeah for sure um yeah card's great i'm excited to see it awesome so speaking of absolutely nonsense cards <laughs> yeah, this is a, a sort of different flavour of nonsense that is yeah. firmly in your wheelhouse. Next up, we have Bolus has settled. The, the, the words. What is wrong with me tonight? So you spilled coffee on yourself, and now you can't concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is Bolus's Citadel. That is three and three black for a legendary artifact. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its converted mana cost rather than pay its mana cost. And then you can tap it and sacrifice 10 on land permanence. Each opponent loses 10 life. This card is silly. <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like it's like? just it's just like a bunch of words just, yeah. they've just they've just grabbed and thrown another card. Yeah, the first time I read this I, um, I had to read it several more times afterwards before I understood it. Um, did you like Ad Nauseam? No, not. I mean, Ad Nauseam. Legacy, dude. Ad Nauseam was a bad card. I, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, Ad Nauseam draws you 10 cards. Sometimes. For 5 mana. Yeah. This casts them. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I do, yeah, do I like Ad Nauseam? Uh, kind of. Like, do I like Necroponents? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a lot of skulls in this card. It's a bit of mana cost, yes. right? Like You're that. a big fan. A lot of skulls. Big fan um, of skulls. <laughs> three skulls. Just, you know, Dark Ritual, and you've got the got the coloured mana cost on yeah. this card. Uh, this card's sweet, I think. Uh, so, I'm not... This is not my kind of card. Um, it's awesome, but it's not my kind of card at all in terms sure. of, like, what I play. I think standard, there's going to be... Someone's going to do something stupid with this card, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Sam Black will break, will break it sometime this year. Or someone like Aliantrazi. Yeah, for sure. Post an absolute nonsense list that he's somehow destroyed someone with. Um, yeah, like have... if you have a look on Channel Fireball today, they posted an article by Frank Carsten where about this card. Yeah, about this card and like a couple of different sort of deck variations of brews that him and a group of friends are working with currently. Um, there's there's potential. I don't I don't think that this card's time is 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 just now, but I think. Before it rotates out of standard, we will definitely see a deck that like does some shenanigans with this card. Yeah, I mean we we have stuff like revitalize, right? Yeah, yeah. Which will just it's just a, a free cantrip that gains you one life, I guess, because you're paying the two life to gain three life and draw a card. Yeah, um, stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's certainly something there. Um, putting the the cards into play, like casting cards and then sacrificing sacrificing them to. Um, Make each opponent lose ten. Yeah, the same thing has happened that happened with Dovin's veto, and I, I I scrolled over the card on Mythic Spoiler, and a different art came up, for draft <laughs> weekend promo, and it just it just stopped my train of thought. <laughs> I, know. I think yeah. so. The the obvious application for this card are uh, in both Commander and Vintage, where you can play uh, Sensei's Divine on top. So you play mm-hmm. Bolas's Citadel, Sensei's Divine on top, and uh, if Flux Reservoir, and then you just gain infinite life uh, by um, you cast Sensei's Divine on top you tap the cop to top to draw a card and put the top back on top of your library and then you cast Sensei's mm-hmm. Divine on top again this time you gain 
two life from the reservoir, and you just do that till you have fifty life and dome your opponent. Yeah, and you draw your entire deck, right? Yeah, yeah. So it works like it's like it's like future sight in that sense. Yeah, for sure. So it's like future sight, sort of like uh, experimental frenzy. Yeah. Um, sort of it, it reminds me it reminds me of something like Aetherflux Reservoir and the fact that it's like do this thing and then you'll be able to activate this ability to kill your opponent. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's, it's got to be broken somewhere. Yeah, is it definitely. vintage playable? Like almost. It, it's that thing of there is there is the combo currently with uh, Aetherflux Reservoir. You play Experimental Frenzy and then you play. Uh, Helm of Awakening as well, which re- reduces the, uh, the mana cost of spells by one. So you you play like a bunch of like zero mana and one mana artifacts in your deck as well. So then you just again you find the Sensei's Divine on top and you just cast and redraw the top as many times as you can and gain gain the life. So this this is this is that combo, but it uses one card less because uh, you don't need to you don't need to pay. For yeah, you don't need to pay for spells when you can pay pay life for spells. So you don't need the Helm of Awakening. No, don't need the Helm of Awakening. So it's uh, just this top and reservoir in yeah, vintage is probably that top quite and good. reservoir, which is which is fine. So you, I'll assume you'll you'll tinker for this. Yep. Or the reservoir. Yeah. Oh, even yeah, like t- tinker for this, play reservoir, play top win. Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing that you can tinker for this, which I think is certainly a boon for the card. Yep, absolutely. Um, um, obviously between like dark rituals. And Lotus, like this, is probably very castable. Yeah, oh yeah, easily. Um, so yeah, it, I it's think, interesting. I think, like, I, I don't, I don't think it's good enough. I do think that the best, the best place we'll see, we'll see like a proper deck for this will be in standard. Um, while it is legal in standard, I don't think it's uh-huh. just yet. But you know, give it, give it six to ten months. I'm sure something will happen. You can find it off War of Invention. Uh, yeah, that, that is true. That is something that I have seen. Uh, that some some discussion of uh, varying quality in in yeah, some of the yeah. Latin control groups that I'm in. I'm not sure that that's the best use of this card. No, you, like, why would you play nine mana to to get this? Like, that's not going to happen. We're not doing that because you can because you can sacrifice your entire board state to deal them ten damage. No. And then that's, how are you yes. going to do the other ten damage? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's a fair exactly. point. Yeah, yeah, it's just seems, it just seems quite bad. It was just it's a thing you can do. It's a legal play in many formats. Yeah, you but can... if you do that, you're probably gonna you're probably gonna lose that game. Oh yeah, yeah. like all fun things. If you do them, you're probably gonna lose. That is true. <laughs> so if we move but, from this yeah. to what is firmly a very me card, sure. We have uh, Neo Form. Yeah. Big fan of Neoforms. This is a green and a blue for a sorcery. As additional cost to cast a spell, sacrifice creature. Search your library for a creature card with converted mana cost equal to 1 plus the sacrifice creature's converted mana cost. Put the card into the battlefield with an additional plus 1 plus 1 counter on it. Then shuffle your library. This is a very brave card, right? It seems strange. There's a lot of things about this card. Yeah. So it's uh, Eldritch Evolution. Yeah. Right? But Eldritch Evolution finds, uh, costs 1 more mana and finds a... a, a, a a card with convert that costs two plus or less. Um, this so, um, this is this you have to find one with convert that costs one plus. Yeah, it's not or less. Which uh, with average edge evolution, like sacrificing a two drop to find another two drop is certainly important. This one puts a plus one plus one counter on it, which is uh, random text I imagine because it's a simic card. Sure. 
Um, this doesn't get exiled. It goes to the graveyard, so you can ch- use this to get an eternal minutes to get this back, yeah. which certainly creates some kind of combo lines. Um, the weird thing about this is, so <clears throat> there was... I don't know if you watched the any of the, the Star City Games Open this last weekend. Uh, no, I didn't know. The modern Open. So, um, essentially, Phillips and Patrick Sullivan sort of talked about this card on the stream. And uh, P. Sunny made some very interesting comments. So, last set, we got a birthing pod, right? Yeah. We got Prime Speaker Vanifar, um, which had nothing to do with the Simic in terms of adapt or anything like that, the mechanics. Now we have Neoform, which is another birthing pod, the set directly after. It's a birthing pod type effect, an Eldritch Evolution type effect. Yeah. The set directly after that for some reason puts a plus one plus one cat on, on the creature that you find, which has no synergy whatsoever with adapt. Yeah. Because creatures can't adapt if you if they already have a plus one plus one cat on them. So in terms of like fitting into the set in standard, like in terms of a Simic card, this makes zero sense. Yeah, sure. It's a very confusing card to put in the set. So you put a birthing pod in the set and then you put an Eldritch Revolution in the set. Like, I don't understand <laughs> why, why, why that would be a combination of things that you would do. Um, there's certainly some potential for this card. Yeah. Um, I'm certainly going to be trying it at Modern. Yeah, that's in, it. I think, like, obviously obviously, pod's too good. Uh-huh. But this is like... Like, this being a sorcery, like, you can, yeah, Eternal Witness, get it back. Or even, like, Snapcaster yep. Mage, get it back from Snapcaster Mage. <laughs> Yeah, stuff like that. That's it's interesting because Eldritch Evolution exiles itself up, upon resolution. Yeah. Um, which is sort of a, a sort of problem with the card. Um, but I think this this in combination with Eldritch Evolution and probably in combination with Prime Speaker Vanifar leads to some kind of nonsense, right? Yeah, definitely. Because um, you mean you can you can sack thing like there's the thing there's there's pod chains we know these sort of established pod chains that you can go and get and it creates some kind of infinite combo with the creature deck whether that be the um, Devoted Druid Vizier combo. Yeah. Or um, Kiki, yeah. like Kiki Resto, stuff like that. But, I mean, one of the things about this card is the fact that you can't, like, you, you have to go up the chain. Like, you you have to go up the chain because it's creature card with convert mana cost equal to 1 plus the sacrifice yeah. creatures per convert mana cost. Whereas Edge Devolution is um, convert mana cost X or less, where X is 2 plus the sacrifice, like, up to. Yeah. Um, so it's X or less. So that gives us a lot more flexibility. Um, this this is certainly interesting. There's certainly some kind of com- uh, implications. There's probably some kind of implications for standard, some kind of nonsense creature combo deck. Um, I know Ari Lax has put up an article, I think, on Star City Games, yeah. talking about this card, um, which I'm interested to read and see what he's, what's going on with that. But there's probably some some kind of combo um, with, with Edge Revolutions and stuff like that. And I'm excited to certainly try it out because it's definitely my, my kind of nonsense. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. At the very least, I want to see what kind of horrendous deck <laughs> comes out of it. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. It'd be some kind of some kind of tier three modern crap. So yeah, sure. Um, which is very much mine. But I think it's interesting. I also yeah, I like I, I agree with what the, the stuff that Patrick Sullivan was saying. It's just like this seems like a very weird card to include in the set. Yeah, like, I think it's a very brave, brave card design overall. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a. I, I understand it in terms of flavor of the Simic, right? Something evolves into something else, and it gets a plus one, plus one card on it because it's evolved, right? Yeah. Which is displayed by the art, but like, in terms of the actual flavor and mechanics they've given Simic in in the last set, it just seems very off. Sure, sure. And there's a lot of just. Why are you trying to fix Birthing Pod <laughs> so many <laughs> yeah. times? Yeah. Like, so many different versions of Birthing Pod in the last few years. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to try it out, and I think it's very interesting. It's very cool. Next card. Yeah, go for it. Next card. This is this isn't very nearly my favorite card in the set. Yeah, 
if if Massacre Girl wasn't a thing, this would definitely be my my next my my favorite card in the set. This is Death Sprout. Yes. One black black green, so four total for an instant. Destroy target creature. Search your library for a basic land card. Put it onto the battlefield tap and shuffle your library. This is murder, plus rampant growth. Yeah. For some reason, for for some strange, for strange reason though they've put those both those cards together. <clears throat> um, this is great. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big fan. I think this goes into every black green commander deck ever. Sure. Like a four minute instant that destroys target creature is like passable. The fact that it also ramps you is great. Yeah. Um, this card's gonna be great and limited. Like it's an uncommon, so. Um, sure but like i think this is like a good limited card um the main reason i want to talk about it is the art on this card yeah the art is amazing seth mckinnon continues to be the best magic artist it's just it's an it's an absurd piece of art um and i'm a big big fan yeah that was the main reason i want to talk about it i need this art on a play map yeah <laughs> very <laughs> very soon it's, it's very very good um but i think yeah this card is kind of a strange design um that one black back green like having two colored pips and then another colored pip is a very strange mana cost in modern cards i think yeah I, mean, I, think right I think we've seen quite a few cards with that sort of that sort of style of mana cost in in the in these ravnica sets so yeah it, just, it still that, strikes me a little bit odd it, it does it does look quite odd mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's, it's something i'm still not used to <laughs> um yeah, this, this this card's very good. I just don't. It just seems weird that they've just put murder and rampant growth and just merged them into one card. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine it's going to be constructed playable, right? Uh, I'd be surprised. Yeah, there might be like it might be like a, a reasonable spell in like a, a like one of the the Golgari mid range decks. Yeah, sure. But I mean, currently you still have Raskus Contempt. Yeah, which is probably just better because you're not really ramping into much. I guess like you've got some six mana planes well because you can ramp into I guess yeah sure but like exiling a creature and man having two life is probably more relevant and an easier card to cast as well yeah without the without the extra colour that is true um, that is true I mean it's, it's probably like it'll probably be like a reasonable card somewhere maybe yeah um, I think it's a very cool card I think it's an interesting design I think it's a staple in commander probably yeah oh yeah definitely um, it's probably a really cool cube card as well yeah you're probably right yeah um, I just like this card a lot. I think it's sweet. And when someone first read it out to me that they'd seen it as a spoiler, I didn't believe them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that can't that can't be right. That's like an incredibly strange card. Um, yeah, putting ramp onto a removal spell is is something we haven't really seen before. Yeah. Um, so sweet. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just it's just cool. Awesome. So up next, we've got another card that I think you're probably going to like a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a me card again. Yeah. Yeah, we've got Tosmer, friend to wolves. Uh, Tosmer is. 5 mana for a 3-3 legendary creature, Elf Scout. And when Tosmir, friend to wolves, enters the battlefield, create uh, Voya, friend to elves, a legendary 3-3 green and white wolf creature token. And whenever a wolf enters the battlefield under your control, you gain 3 life, and you may have that creature fight up to 1 target creature and opponent controls. Yeah, this card's incredibly cool. Yeah, there's your Slesnia commander for the set, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really sweet. Um, that's the first time I've heard someone call it Voya. Yeah. I just I, heard it Voja. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume it's like a like a soft J, given that like Ravnica is meant to be like a like Eastern European. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just the first time I've heard it like that, and it sounds sounds reasonable. It sounds yeah. correct. Um, yeah, it's quite sweet. So obviously, it's a callback to original Tosmir Wolfblood. Yeah, which is not very good in Commander. I mean, it's fine, but it's not very good as a Commander. Um, actually, I'm not sure whether this is good as a Commander particularly. 
So it's it's two green, green, white for a three, three that makes a three, three. Yeah. Right, which is fine. Um, and uh, when the like the Voja token enters the battlefield, you gain three life and it fights a creature, so it can be a removal spell. I'm not sure that's particularly impressive as a commander. It's probably good in like a Captain Cisabe's Tutor for Legends kind of thing. Maybe. Um, I mean, as a commander, it doesn't you're, matter. Uh, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> it's, it's just very true. I'm, I'm putting question marks at the end of my statements and saying the word right to in, to um, imply some kind of dialogue and conversation. Sure. Though I know that you have absolutely no interest in talking about this <laughs> subject whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think it's probably a little bit mediocre. I think it's incredibly cool. Um, I think the art's great. It's like it looks a little bit more like sort of traditional fantasy art, which I'm, I'm a big fan of. Yeah, Ryan Pankos uh, did an amazing job for the art. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's cool to see Tosmir like properly because before we've only seen like the 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 card on like the, the art on Tosmir Wolfblood, like the original one. You can't really see him. Yeah. Um, it's cool to see a full art. I think this card is just quite good. I mean, okay, okay, back to the commander thing just for a second. Sure. It's probably a reasonable wolf commander. Because most most wolf cards or cards that create wolf tokens are green, yeah. So it just means that your wolves enter the battlefield and fight things and gain you three life, um, which is cool. And maybe that's the thing. But a lot of the the sort of wolf things we want are like werewolves, which tend to be in red green. Sure. And everything that Ulrich from Shadows, Shadows, Eldritch Moon, Eldritch Moon, uh, maybe uh, Shadows. I think yeah. Oh, was it Shadows? Sure. Everything that card wasn't because that wasn't that good. But yeah. this actually has wolf synergy written on the card. So that when you ha- you cast other wolves or have other other wolf tokens, it actually like does something. So that could be that be quite interesting. Sure. I think this card is probably very standard playable. Yeah, I mean, five mana for you know six power, six toughness essentially is is pretty good already, right? Mm-hmm. And it sort of has a, a pseudo removal spell built in. Yep. Um, like kills a chain whirler. That is true. That's not irrelevant. Kills a thief of sanity. Kills like most most of the cards in the in the, the mono green deck. It can kill a Benelish Marshal. The, yeah. the mono red deck, sorry. It can kill a Benelish Marshal. Um, kills most of the creatures in mono blue. Um, yeah, it's just it's 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 an efficient threat. I think. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I mean, I will probably play it in modern. <laughs> <laughs> As just sort of like a, a five mana sticky threat. Sure. It's sort of like it's a little bit reminiscent of Thrag Tusk. Yeah. Um, but it also comes in and fights something, which is certainly a relevant part of the yeah, card. I, I don't think I'd go as far as say it's as good as Thrag Tusk. Um, that yeah, absolutely. Is, is fantastic. But yeah, I, I think I can. I mean, I can easily see you trying to force it into some into some shenanigans, right? Oh hell yeah, yeah! <laughs> just find like like green, like green white value deck and just yeah. put this as like a, a sweet cyborg card or maybe like some kind of top end. Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's certainly playable. It feels feels a little bit a little bit Thragtusky in the fact that it makes it it makes two bodies and it gains you life, and it costs five mana and it's green. <laughs> it feels <laughs> a little bit hunt Exactly, it's green, it's white, it's value, <laughs> it's efficient. Um, it also kind of reminds me of Huntmaster of the Fells. Sure, it enters the battlefield and makes a wolf token. Yeah, um, which is sweet. I think it's it's, it's only got some some implications somewhere. I'm probably just going to put it in an EDH deck and be done with it. <laughs> it sounds like me. The token is also very cool. I really like the art on the token. Yeah, it is really nice. Yeah, I like the fact that it's tossing my friend to wolves and it makes a token called uh, Virgil Friend to Elves. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fun. That's nice. I like it. I'd, I'd be interested to see what the correct pronunciation of, of that is as well. Uh, once I hear from somebody from Wizards of the Coast say the name. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Virgil. You're yeah. going to say Vogue, yeah? I'm going to say Vogue, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, cool, cool. Um, it's it's also another contender for good boy. Yeah, best best boy in the set. I'm gonna go with Voja for best boy in the set. He's I mean, a friend to elves. I'm a big fan. Friends to elves. But does does Voja have a six pack? No, but there, there we go. It, then is <laughs> <laughs> it Mawu? Yeah, I'm pronouncing that. Maui has yeah, like... <laughs> the first time I realised that it freaked me out <laughs> oh God, swole God. like every day like, yeah. <laughs> Fox should not have six packs man it's horrible it's horrible it's really unnerving see... like, like the card's yeah. really cool like the art's awesome to look at but yeah like <laughs> someone doesn't skip it's... like day <laughs> uh, it's just when you see like the, the sort of original the original art for uh, for Mawu. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a little puppy, like yeah. a little happy face, like a really cute face. And then it's just like, when he's got his own card, it's just, Jesus Christ. It's just <laughs> terrifying. It's truly terrifying. Um, he's, he can't be the best boy if he's just, because at least, at least uh, Voja's like cuddly and fluffy and like a big sort of like a natural, like big fluffy wolf, like a husky. So big and fluffy, like a, a good boy. Whereas like slender, ripped, Six pack dog is is not is not a good boy. It's just terrifying. Yeah, but you know he he protect he attack most of all. He's got six pack. <laughs> For the love of God, <laughs> is that the episode name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> call that now. <laughs> most importantly, he's got a six pack. Yeah. Jesus Christ! Like, ironically, um, like Maru isn't even on our, our list of cards we want to talk about either. But <laughs> Because the card itself is fairly unimpressive and, and like not something we want to talk about. Yeah, for sure. It's like, mainly just the fact that it's a really hench dog. <laughs> Absolute <laughs> unit of a dog. <laughs> yeah. And this is the best content we've ever made. Sure, sure. <sighs> it works with Pleasant uh, Kenobi, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we don't swear. <laughs> sure. So we're more wholesome, right? Maybe that's where we're going wrong. <laughs> just, just spill more coffee on yourself and we'll let the swearing fly. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so I think we're going to move on to another card, which is very much a me card. Yeah. You're not getting yourself represented. I mean, you, you had Bolus's Citadel, and you know you had your time, and now it's just all about my cards. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, like I'm. So th- this next one, I I'm yet to be convinced. So yeah, you know, I'm interested oh, to, so to hear your take on it. Oh, okay. Sweet. Okay. So we have Tomek. I'm assuming that's right. Tomek. Tomek. Who knows. T-O-M-I-K yeah. uh, dis- Distinguished Advocist which is white white for a human advisor legend Yeah, it's 2-3 it's a legendary creature I don't know if I mentioned that it's a legendary creature human advisor oh yeah so, I mean to be honest I didn't spot that it was an advisor so maybe you've sold me already ah persistent petitioners here we go yeah maybe here we go um yes yeah, advisor tribal <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh Taser is an advisor yeah so maybe Obvious, certainly not. Um, flying 2-3, lands on the battlefield, and land cards and graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities your opponents control, and your opponents can't play lands from graveyards. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is absurd, yeah. This just, like, it's just a slam dunk for... I say slam dunk. It seems very, very playable in Death and Taxes in Legacy. Sure. So what it says is, I mean, it's a two-mana flying 2-3, yeah, <laughs> that just seems very, very good. That's a very good rate. Um, it blocks very well. It's 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 a good threat. Um, so lands the battlefield and lands and graveyards can't be the targets of spells or abilities. Your opponents control specifically, yeah. right? So they can't wasteland you. Yeah, that's true. You can still wasteland them. Yeah, right, which is very good. It also means the way that it's worded is that it um, affects dark depths. 
so they can't activate Dark Depths because it doesn't say lands you control. Yeah, can't be the target's abilities your opponent's of your land. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. You got me. You got me. So, yeah, exactly. So they can't activate their uh, Vampire Hex Mage yep. or their Espion Stage to target their Dark Depths to to an the combo. Which is which is incredibly important because that's how lands wins the game. That's yeah. obviously how Turbo Depths wins the game, um, which is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and it's a two three, so it can't be punished and fired. Sure. They have to punish and fire it twice, which is also a big deal. Yeah. Um, and your opponents can't play lands from graveyards, which just shuts off Crucible of Worlds, Ram up Excavator, stuff yeah. like that. So this is very specifically, I think. Um, a death and taxes card, yeah. Yeah, like a legacy designed card as well, like very much a legacy in mind. Yeah, I, th- uh, I think you've sought me definitely. Yeah, it's the fact. It's the fact that like so they they can't waste land you, which is incredibly important. It's not incredibly important in death and taxes because mostly you're playing basic planes. Yeah, but it, it's certainly certainly a thing. Um, and if you're playing, I, I could see playing this in Maverick potentially in the sideboard. Sure. So like the fact that I can't get waste land is very important, but it's the fact that they can't do the data depth thing. Um, which is certainly a big deal. So I think this is this is very much a playable card. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's also some other corner cases that I'm forgetting. Um, I mean, even, even just like Rashad and Port in like the Mirror Match, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you can't activate you can't activate Port, which is very 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 a very big deal. Yeah. Um, the, the targeting of lands and graveyards, like <sighs> marginal cases where like you can't get surgical for your lands, right? Yeah, like sure. Okay. Stuff like that. Like it, it, it's it's vaguely. Vaguely relevant, yeah. Um, and yeah, can't pick lands from graveyards. So like, because one of the one of the things that Maverick has been doing for a while is like Ram Rap Excavator, uh, playing wastelands from graveyards and just wastelanding the crap out of your opponent. Yeah, that can't be done either. So it's 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 certainly certainly a very interesting playable card. Um, I'm not sure about uh, modern applications are probably there as well in terms of Devon taxes, um, like Ghost Quarter stuff like that, Field of Ruin. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what. Is added to that deck from Modern Horizons as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's 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 a deck that certainly needs a leg up. Like we haven't seen it much in a while. So something like this, and like potentially a couple of sweet cards in Modern Horizons, could be something to push that deck. Yeah, sure. Back to back into consideration for tier for tier one. Um, I like this card a lot. I think it's sweet. It's uh, also probably a sweet CEDH stacks card or something. If you play CEDH, I have no interest in talking to you. <laughs> Um, that's not true. Uh, there are a lot of reasons I would alienate people who listen to this podcast, but that's not one. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, this this card's very cool. Um, I like it a lot, and I'm very excited to see it see some play. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think, like potentially anything else, like the fact that it says lands and graveyards can't be targeted as far as your abilities, your opponent's control. I'm not sure if that's actually important. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? We'll see oh, what happens. Loam. Of course, it's loam. They can't loam back their cards. Ooh, they can't yeah. loan back their lands. That's certainly relevant. <laughs> the fact that I missed that is incredible oversight. Um, yeah, it turns off loan, <laughs> which is obviously absurdly important. So it's a certified lands killer. Yeah, it's finally... We've had Tron killers, right? We've had like seven Tron killers in the last yeah. year, and now we're finally a loan killer. Sweet. A lands killer. <laughs> um, yeah, this card's great. I'll, I'll stop talking now. Uh, yeah, maybe I, I, think you've, I think you've definitely managed, managed uh, to convince me there. Yeah, uh, yeah the, card's, the card's gas. Yeah. Fully, fully so, agree. Now that I, yeah. now that I understand the card and understand that it's it's a bit of a, a bit of a narrow application. I think as as far as like, you know, the the broad spectrum of of magic as a game goes, but it looks like it's going to serve its serve its role very well. Yep. Awesome. Cool. 
Um, cool. Now, so we've had we've had a lot of me cards. We've yeah. had a couple of you cards. So I think we should maybe move on to a card that alienates us both as a card and interests neither of us. Awesome. What have you got for us next there? So we have Feather the Redeemed. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Which is sick. It's an Big interesting one, right? Yeah, so it's uh, red, white, white yep. for a, a legendary creature angel. Yep. With It's a 3-4 with flying. Sure. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery that targets a creature you control, exile that card instead of putting it into your graveyard as it resolves. If you do, return it to your hand at the beginning of the next end step. That so seems strange, is, right? Yeah, I think this is a commander card. Yeah. Um... I'm just trying to think like it's a three a three mana angel in Boros, which could be interesting when you you have like Aurelia and stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think I think that um, that that alone like the three mana three four flyer, and it being an angel, yeah. I think that's relevant for standard. Like Boros angels was already a bit of a deck in like uh, like uh, arena like best of one. Mm-hmm. So I think this definitely gives that gives that wings for want of a better term. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> But I can't see the actual text being relevant, like targeting with instant sorcery. Like, what instant sorcery are you tar- targeting one of your creatures within standard? Yeah, same. Uh, whether or not we'll see something that's relevant spoiled in this set, or maybe in a future set, you know, time will tell. But uh, at the moment, that that ability just I don't know, it just kind of seems off. You can do it. With, you can do pump spells, right? Yeah. I guess, like, if you have some red or white pump spells that you want to cast. Um, but I think this is very, very interesting for Commander, particularly because Boros is sort of a joke, right? Boros is a joke in Commander. It's sort of widely accepted as the worst color combination because you have no ramp and you have no card draw, and most of your commanders are centered around attacking your opponent. Sure. And being aggressive in a four-player game of Commander is not particularly a viable strategy. Um, so having something that seems a little bit different has a bit of a different flavor to it. Um, it's certainly interesting in a consideration as a Boros commander. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it rebuys cards, right? Because red and white are not particularly good at drawing cards. Um, so it allows you to rebuy cards so you, you could sort of hold up card parity. Yeah. Instead of getting BMs, to get card advantage from draw spells and stuff. I mean, there are some, but it just allows you to rebuy your cards and replay them. Now, I'm not sure how good that strategy is still because you're having to target your creatures with cards yeah which sort of hones you in on a specific play style we don't just have like a good value boros commander particularly yeah it's definitely but this is certainly a different option yeah like this is certainly an option in some way i'm not sure how particularly you'd build this deck in commander um like something something like pump spells um i'm not sure if there are any like there's some kind of infinite combo where there's like a second combat spell that targets or anything like that yeah i'm not sure um but it's 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 certainly interesting certainly something to be considered to consider this is certainly designed as a commander card i would have thought yeah i would agree there i i i just feel a little underwhelmed like with this ability particularly like for feather so for this character that they've 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 hinted at and teased at for for a long time there's been a big demand for a a feather creature card or planeswalker or, or whatever and I think that now we finally have one. Maybe it's kind of like that Ulrich thing again, where people kind of wanted this this werewolf commander for ages, and when they got it, it just, just wasn't what they were expecting. Yeah, it was like a, a cool lore character that's been teased for ages, and we just didn't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we got something underwhelming, probably probably unplayable across the board. 
Um, yeah, because like it's been she's been a card since the original Ravnica set, or like, she's been a character since the original yeah, Ravnica yeah. set, right? And she's got like the four wings with the cool like uh, Boros archangels had. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the names of the archangels at this point. Uh, that died. They died, right, in Dissension? Quite possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not clear. And she's the only surviving one. Much at all. One of them's Razia. Razia, there's something. Uh, whatever. Anyway, she's like one of the original like Baros Archangels, like one of these really, really cool characters that sort of led the guild. Yeah. And to have to have her card be sort of this underwhelming is is a little disappointing. Um, yeah, but we'll have to. Maybe I'm just. I mean, I, I, I assume. I assume we'll see something interactive that at some point during the card's standard lifetime, uh, and I, I do think the stats the stats are great. Three mana, three four flyer is awesome, and angels mm-hmm. are certainly a thing. So you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I just can't think of any spells in commander or standard that are particularly impactful when you target one of your creatures with them that would make this really really good. Maybe I'm just blanking on a really major one. Yeah, um, but. It's a different Boros Commander, so we'll see. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. So next up, we have Demolish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Demolish is a, a four-mana sorcery, so it's three and a red. Uh, destroy, target, artifact, or land. So why yes, is Demolish on this busted. list? I think it's really... It's busted. It's incredibly powerful. I think you should play it all the time. <laughs> sure. Uh, it's, it's definitely not true. This card's terrible. Um, they keep putting it in sets, and I have no idea why. No one has ever played this in any format ever. <laughs> right? I mean, it's it's a th- four mana destroy target artifact. That's probably never relevant, and sure. we always have more efficient um, naturalized effects that can target both enchantments or artifacts. Yeah. Uh, destroying a land is phew, next to irrelevant, and especially when it's a th- four mana sorcery, is just. I mean, you could get like an Escanter. It seems bad. Yeah. Especially if you're in red when you're trying to kill your opponent. Um, I just wanted to mention that the fact that this card is just unplayable and terrible, especially in limited. Yeah. It's mainly the flavor text I just thought was really cool. I like talking about flavor. I like talking about lore. I think the flavor text on this card is particularly particularly cool. Um, what is that flavor text? For every inch of the land they take from us, we take it back and we burn it. Give them nothing, which is Aurelia. Yeah. Um. I thought it's sweet. Like it's just you know all parts of Ravnica are at, are at war with the Eternal with Bolas, um, and that it's just showing that you know the Boros everything to them is they just don't don't want to lose they don't want to lose their their buildings their land their their guild territory yeah. to to the Eternal um, they'd rather see it burn than they would come under Bolas's rule. Yeah, it, it's really cool. I just, I just, it's a very, I think it's a nice sort of point yeah, moment in the story. Yeah, a story that maybe we'll find out at some point. Yeah, sure. <laughs> maybe we'll understand why this is so poignant. Um, I just, I was cool, like because we, you know, we did with um, Guilds of Ravnica, we did like a flavor review, and I just think some of the some of the, the flavor of this set is is continuing to be great. Um, and I think like Ravnica is one of the best developed worlds, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's one of everyone's favorites, favorite planes. Um, in no small part thanks to the story and the lore of the plane um, and I think like that continues even when it's being ripped apart by the Eternals and by Boulders yeah agreed and we'll find out exactly what happens at some point this year I hope yeah me too right I, I mean yeah the novel comes out soon enough so I, I think we'll we'll at least find out what happens there right mm-hmm. it's just seeing all these, these these things happen in cards and like we don't really know anything and it's 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 continuing to annoy me the fact we don't know anything <laughs> Yeah. Like we we've had all the guild stories and they were just sort of nothingy. Yeah. Um 
I mean, it's cool for world building. Yeah, for sure. But in terms of plot, this is probably the biggest plot. Like yeah. I said before, like probably the biggest plot point we have in Magic Story, and we just aren't getting any of it, which I mean, is we'll uh, disappointing. We'll see. Awesome. So next yeah. up on the anyway, list, we it's... have Mobilized District. So this mm-hmm. one's quite interesting. It's a land. You can tap to add colorless, or you can pay four. Mobilized District becomes a 3-3 citizen creature with vigilance till end of turn. It's still a land. This ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature and planeswalker you control. This is certainly very interesting. Yeah, it's quite um, odd, right? It's very, it's it's very odd design. Um, it's clearly a design wrapped up very much in its flavour. Yeah, which is cool. And the flavour text is great. Sometimes the strongest weapon you can hold in your hand is another hand, which is very, you know, sort of evocative and emotional. Yeah, and it has a, a lovely illustration of all the citizens of Ravnica, regardless of their guild, holding hands to sort of protect. I mean, like, they're not going to do anything. They're just holding hands. They're not going to protect from a big swarm of the Eternal that's going to get massacred. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, it's a nice sort of like evocative image of, of the people of Ravnica holding hands together and trying to trying to save the, the the plane that they that they love so much. Yeah, for sure. It kind of shows all yeah, Ravnica together and what might be their final hour all standing mm-hmm. united. The final hour, the hour of devastation. Quite well we'll see. We'll see. Excellent. That'd be great. <laughs> oh, reprint of Hour of Devastation in the set. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> um but yeah, so why do why do you like this card particularly? Um I I really like lands that become creatures uh, for one thing mm-hmm. they're great um, obviously Mishra's factory being like the best one hey that doesn't have any creature types that are relevant uh, it, assembly worker is a creature type yeah but it's, it's, uh, how dare you speak ill of Mutavolt <laughs> uh, I mean Mutavolt is also an assembly worker that is tr- tr- see it's better exactly it's much better, <laughs> so Mutavolt, much better. Mutavolt, uh, Mutavolt is not an artifact though uh, that's true yeah so uh, this is a weird this is a weird thing to get so specific about I'm sorry <laughs> this yeah so yeah first off I do like lands that become creatures I think they're really cool I also really like that I, I think this this could quite possibly fit into the the strange flex land slot that you have in Tron that currently is either uh, Buried Ruin or uh, Urza's factory mm-hmm. so why do you think this fits, this fits in there uh, just like paying four mana is fairly easy to do in Tron, uh, mm-hmm. quite efficiently, and making it a three-three with vigilance is sometimes kind of what you what you need um, just to sort of close the game game out a little bit faster. Uh, also blocks nicely. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's just good. Whether or not it's it's as good as, as either of those two cards, I think time will tell. But I think. I think you can argue to, to play it in that in that slot. I think, to be honest, um, that sounds reasonable. So, what what are you what are you currently playing in that in that slot? Uh, currently, I'm playing Urza's Factory. Okay, that seems. Hmm. So Urza's Factory. You pay seven mana to make a, a two two assembly mm-hmm. worker. Yeah, so obviously seven mana probably not that big an issue. Obviously, yeah. it's a bigger mana investment than before, but I think with so obviously there's, there's the cost reduction aspect of it if you have a Khan or an Ugin out or a Worm Coil or anything like that it means you can just tap a tower for it Yeah. but the fact that potentially you're having to tap two lands to make your, one of your lands into a blocker which might get dwarfed by other things um, it's only an interesting, interesting concept but the kind of things you're blocking in, in modern currently are Gurmag Anglers Things of that yeah. nature, uh, dredge creatures. Like I guess about those, you're not blocking thing in the ice. Yeah, no. Effect- effectively, I mean you can you can obviously you can like activate it after lands. thing in the ice bounces whatever else you've got though. Mm-hmm, but sacrificing your land to prevent seven damage doesn't seem great. 
I mean, it's um, fine in Tron when you have essentially infinite mana anyway. If you got a block, yeah, it's, if you have to chump a chump a thing in the ice to protect your con or an Ugin, then yeah, it might be worth it in that case. Sure, but I think it's probably more reasonable to have um, something like Urza's Factory, where you can just pay some mana, make a two-two that you're happy to throw away, yeah, and just have fair. that consistent thing. Um, and if you're already tapping two lands to activate this to make it into a creature then tapping three lands because of Tron to make a 2-2 for seven mana seems probably slightly better, even if it's not as efficient in terms of paying four mana to make a 3-3. Three, three. Yeah. You can make, um, pay seven mana to make a 2-2 every turn. Yeah, and during the late game, during the late game, you probably have seven mana to just sort of throw away to make a 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Where it's... Because, you know, you've, you've cast your one threat for the turn and still have five lands available to make seven mana. I think this is interesting. I think there's probably standard applications of this card. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Because um, Mutavolt has historically had a place in the standard. And this can very easily be better than Mutavolt. Because um, you can make this cost one or zero mana. A uh, three through Vigilance is certainly not to be sniffed at. Um, that is true. And if you're playing an aggressive deck, having three or four creatures is certainly not not a problem um having a planeswalker having this protect your planeswalker um could cost two or three mana i think it's very very reasonable yeah there's, there's certainly constructed applications with this card i'm not i'm not sure about tron and maybe like try it out like I, you're certainly more of an authority on tron than i am yeah that's it i, I think it's it's a card that i definitely want to try out in that slot for sure but yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure if it will be good enough or not I'm sure time will, time will tell, right? I think this is this might just be a good card in modern. Yeah, it's very it's very possible. Like it's a very efficient card. If you can make it cost two or one mana for a three three of vigilance, that seems very good. Yeah, um, agreed. So we'll have to see. I would I wouldn't be surprised if it was playable. Probably probably will make waves in the standard. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, it's very reasonable in the control deck as well, where you just like trying to protect your Teferi and Kaya or whatever planeswalkers you happen to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or just you know an efficient threat in those situations. Um. Because creature lands have sort of been a little bit um, poor in the fact that you, you you often have to tap all your mana for them. So stuff like Celestial Colonnade or Creeping Tar Pit, you have to like stop representing spells. Where if you're able to activate this for one or maybe zero, yeah, that certainly represents a good threat for those decks. Um, yeah. It'd also nice be nice to have control decks with an actual win condition as opposed to just waiting for Teferi. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the fact that it has Vigilance as well itself is, is mm-hmm. pretty good, so you can block with it and, yeah, then, it's great. and then tap it, yeah. Yeah, I like, I like this card a lot. Me um, too. And I think the art and the flavour are very, very cool as well. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome. Now, I think we should move on to a card that is very much a U card. Yeah. Yes, it's very this, much a card. A card which is me all over, that uh, we did sort of allude to a little bit earlier on. Uh, this is Time Wipe. So it's yeah, two yeah. white, white, blue for a sorcery. Return a creature you control to its owner's hand, then destroy all creatures. Yeah. Uh, you've got to read the flavor text on this one. Yeah, so the flavor text, text is a nice quote by Teferi. Just to comprehend the full answer requires years of temporal <laughs> study. In short, they were never born in the first place. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, This card's great. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I think this is... This is that card we were saying before where you just might not need Kaya's Wrath anymore because you have this. Mm-hmm. Which which allows you to streamline your mana base and yeah. potentially um, 
because there are, there are you know very real concerns you're playing esper control that your your mana doesn't quite line up the way you need it to to cast all your your spells um and to play efficiently yeah so the fact that you can just possibly probably play a straight blue white deck um i mean you'll, you'll be lacking on removal probably um, I mean, not not now. But... You have time wipe. Like you, you could play yeah, four time wipe and four settle the wreckage. Like there are certainly things. Uh, mm-hmm. You've got cleansing nova as well still. Yeah. So there. Um, I made I mainly meant stuff like mortify and Claire, moment of craving stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Um, contempt your target removal, but perhaps this is just a a better way to do it, and it it might allow you also to play main deck threats like Lyra. Yeah. So you just play a Lyra, and you can still you're still able to wrath. And protect your Lyra. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is this. This certainly seems very playable, um, and I, it, it's possible that Kai's Wrath is just, is just the go-to because it costs four mana. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, I imagine when you cast Time Wipe, the bouncing a creature you control isn't going to be that relevant. Relevant. Um, uh, but five mana Wraths have certainly been playable. The fact that it's a, a, you know easy to cast in a blue white deck. Um, there's certainly a lot, a lot of boons to this card that I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see pop up a lot in standard. Yeah, fully, fully agree there. Definitely, mm-hmm. it's a card that I yeah I just like the look of. Uh, mm-hmm. It's yeah, great. Simply, <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically it, right? It's just great. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Oh, it's done that thing again. <laughs> Mythic spoilers done that thing where it, it's shown me the, uh, the, the Planeswalker Weekend promo. That, oh, that art's great. Yeah, that is that the, the other thing I really love about this is the Planeswalker Weekend uh, promo version, uh, which is just a nice full art to fairy. Amazing. The heads sure, the yeah, it's really, really cool. I'm definitely going to try to pick up a, a few of those if possible. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I guess we're going to come to our last card. Uh, yeah, I guess so. We have uh, Solar Blaze. Oh, we've got two yeah, left, sorry. Yeah, we have Solar Blaze oh, left. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solar Blaze is, I guess, a card that is quite similar to Time Wiping Away. It's a card mm-hmm. that could could possibly see some play in a Jeskai deck, maybe a long Time Wipe, like if that's a thing. Uh, so it's yeah. two red-white for a sorcery. Each creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly very interesting. Yeah, it's a nice quote oh. from Aurelia on the card as well there. Uh, the primary weapon is nothing more than light. It shows them what they are, and they burn of their own accord. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, that's very very cool. Um, with a big flying sort of Boros building. Yeah, it looks like some <laughs> sort of giant flying anvil. I think from the looks of it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, it's just it's Sacred Foundry now has jets on the bottom of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks a lot like the art of Sacred Foundry from Gatecrash. Um, yeah, this card's this card's really cool. It it offers. Um, Jeskai board wipe, right? Yeah, definitely. Outside of Deafening Clarion, which yeah. they were sort of playing. Um, so just think of cards, cards that this does and doesn't kill. Um, so it kills everything in mono red, yep. including Rekindling Phoenix. It doesn't get rid of like the, the, the egg of Rekindling Phoenix, but it certainly kills it. Uh, it kills Carnage Tyrant. Yeah, I think that's the big being one. A, being a 7-6. I'm just trying to think of Cards. I mean, it's terrible, terrible against the uh, Arcades High Alert Defenders yeah. Wall deck. But <laughs> if you're playing against that, I imagine you're probably doing okay. Um, I think it kills a lot of a lot of relevant creatures in the yeah, format. For sure. So we have what was the uh, Wave of Reckoning was the original version. Yeah. Just four and a white for this effect. So this is cheaper. Um, this this seems certainly playable. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it see play in um, in, a, in a sort of Jeskai control deck. Yeah, agree, definitely. Yeah, I guess like you, you said before, like four mana 
Bowman and Rocks are great. Uh, we hadn't mm-hmm. had them for a long time until Kaya's Wrath came along, and this is this is almost a Wrath, right? It's a bit of a pseudo Wrath for four mana. But yeah, like I'm I said, sure like, I think it, it kills the relevant creatures. Yeah, it kills the relevant creatures. I think. Yeah. Um, probably kills everything in mono blue. Um, Tempest Gin maybe not if it's turn three, but if it's their turn three, but probably kills that. Yeah. Probably kills everything in mono white that I can think of currently. Yeah, for sure. Doesn't kill an unascended Snowpawn Sentry, <laughs> but you know, that's an O3, so you're killing everything else. Um, yeah, yeah I, it's, I just it's, think it's great. It's I think it's going to see some play mm-hmm. in one form or another. Uh, outside of standard, probably not. Sure. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. You just have Wrath Same. Yeah. Um, someone will probably play an EDH somewhere. Yeah, that's for sure. EDH is a is a format for cards. <laughs> is, that is exactly what it is. Awesome. So should we move on to our last card? Yeah, go for it. Uh, it is Rolesque Apex Hybrid. Yeah. So that this is interesting. Yeah, it's five mana. So it's two green, green, blue, for a legendary creature, human mutant. It's a four five flying trample. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, put two plus one plus one counters on another target creature you control. And then when Rolesk dies, proliferate, then proliferate again. Sure, this is a, a, a big bomb. Yeah, right? I I just think it, it looks it looks ridiculous, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really think it does. Like five mana, four five, flying trample. That's kind of like, yeah, that's fine. Pretty decent starts there. Then when there's a battlefield, mm-hmm. you put two plus one plus one counters on another creature you control. That's yep. awesome. And then you get an awesome effect when it dies as well like <laughs> proliferate and then proliferate again mm-hmm. it's just yeah I don't know I, I just I feel like this is, this is going to be one of those cards that is going to see a lot of play in the entirety of its standard lifetime yeah I, I I just I can't think of where it currently fits I'm not sure the Sultai deck wants this kind of thing um, but obviously like there's potential for just you know a, a new archetype to want this card like a, possibly a straight Simic deck or something like that yeah, like it just um, it it makes the hydroid crisis huge, uh, and it just does that also that awkward thing of like you have to deal with it because it's a four or five, but then when you deal with it, you're mm-hmm. making either something else or everything else that your opponent controls a lot bigger. Yep. So it kind of it's going to leave you with like interesting decisions as far as like removal and, and even combat goes. Yeah. I agree. I'm just, yeah, I mean, the the problem is getting it to die, I guess, because that's where you get some value. Um, I mean, it's just an efficient threat, and I guess the, the dying is just sort of a bit of gravy. Yeah, the definitely, yeah. The, the, dying's, the dying's just sweet. Like, it, it, I, think, I think that's it. Like, you get, for five mana, you get six power, seven toughness worth of stuff, essentially. Yeah, that's true. Um, on, on a flying trample creature. Yeah, I think I'd probably just they're into, like, just they're kind of like the, your opponent gets gets punished slightly if they if they kill it and if they don't kill it they're taken for a turn. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it seems amazing. Are we just playing Hydroid Crisis though? Uh, I mean, the thing that jumps out to me is just like the explore creatures, like Merfolk Branch Walker and um, like Jade Light Ranger and stuff. Sure, sure. You play that with um, um, with Wildgrowth Walker seems seems great. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's very true. Um, hmm, we'll have to see. I, like, it's just it's. I mean, it's sort of reminiscent of something like Doom Whisperer. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just five and a big, big flying trample. Um, 
with like you know relevant text. I'm not sure how relevant making your other creatures that much bigger is is. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. Like I'm, I, think, I'm probably... I think the I think the, the thing that the thing that gets me is is that it makes other creatures bigger as a side effect of it dying. So it's like mm-hmm. so it comes down and it's it's a legit, like a four or five is a legitimate threat. So it's something you have mm-hmm. to deal with, but then once it's dealt with, now the rest of the board or their planeswalker or whatever is now is now more of a threat than it was. So yeah, I, I just think it's a it's a real efficient card. Uh, I think it's yeah, going to be it's going to be be around some some top tier decks. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised to, to see it there. I also wouldn't be surprised for it to be like a two dollar mythic that no one really plays. I think I would. I think I would be massively surprised. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Have I think to see it's, it's absolutely. A, you know, obviously, it's just a, it's just a standard card through and through. But like at the worst, it's a Verdurous Gearhulk, which did see a lot of play. Sure. Um, right. So you know, we said that was our last spoiler. Sure. And you know how we just said about the um, the Boros Wrath. Yeah. Solar 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 blaze. Literally just. Literally just been spoiled is is the thing that we just tried to describe as Oof. Sacred Foundry with yeah. wings, which is Parhelion Two, yeah, which is which <laughs> Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> yeah, exactly right. We just like I, I have to do this. This isn't very professional yeah, podcasting, but I have it, to I have it. to read the stats. So this is Parhelion Two, yeah, <laughs> six white white for a legendary artifact vehicle. Yeah, it is a five five with crew four, <laughs> uh, flying first strike vigilance. When it attacks, create two four-four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance that are attacking. Oh yeah, <laughs> what's this card? This is a card, right? It's a vehicle. I'm a big fan. Yeah, <laughs> it's so strange. Um, because I mean, the, the Parhelion has been like mentioned quite a lot of times. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, like it's. It's been like mentioned in like Boros Law sort of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, this is what it is. It's a big flying vehicle that makes four fours that has crew four. So I guess you know combo. You get to crew it with the angels that you make with it. Yeah, it seems a bit of a, a bit of a shame that Feather herself can't crew. Yeah, Parhelion I was just about to say that. Yeah. Um, neither uh, Aurelia can if you stack your trigger right. Yeah, sure. She has the plus two plus O thing. This is a very, very strange card, and I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, I can't see this saying any standard play whatsoever, right? It's eight mana for a 5-5 five, five vehicle. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, this this is like, this is the card I'm probably going to lose to at pre-release. Yeah, I mean, it attacks for 13. It's an eight mana card that attacks for 13. <sighs> yeah. Flying and Vigilance for first stroke. So that's certainly not nothing. That's true. I also think it might be a little bit too expensive for... It depends how grindy the... Um, the format is, I guess, yeah. The, yeah, because it might just be a little bit too expensive. Like eight mana, you might just be dead by then. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I'm Oof. sorry, I, I just I had to just drop that one in there because I think it's an incredibly cool card. That is, yeah, I, I agree that it is. Regardless of whether or not it'll see any play or not, the card is is really cool and also yeah, just true. seems really funny. Like Parhelion Two. <laughs> yeah, Parhelion Two. The the Parhelion Two is a giant anvil shaped building. That's what it is. That is also a vehicle. It's also that you can also fly around and have little jets on the bottom of it. <laughs> that's class. Amazing. Awesome. What that's a note a, to end it on, right? To, yeah, that's a great way to end the show. <laughs> that's fantastic. Awesome. So that's pretty much all we have this week. Uh, if you want to get us in touch, uh, if you want to get in touch with us and tell us how wrong we were about our card evaluations and that uh, 
yeah, we should probably just talk, talk Planeswalkers this week instead. Come hit us up on social media. You can get us at us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Devastation. Uh, on Twitter, we are at HFDcast. Uh, we're also on patreon.com slash Hour of Devastation. If you feel like you have gotten anything from the show at all, whether it be that entertainment or information, uh, and you would like to give back in any way, you can do through Patreon. Uh, it starts from as little as $1 per month. That's roughly $0.25 cents per episode. You get access to a Patreon feed. Uh, we have a few different tiers on there, which goes all the way up to $20 if you want to come on this, this podcast and... You know, tell us we're, we're wrong for our face just like, like Tom did a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. anything at all that we do get back we, we massively do appreciate it it goes straight back into the, the running costs of the, of the show mm-hmm. uh, if you want to get at us on our own personal social media on Twitter I am at PeachGardenOaf that's over of an F or you can find me on Facebook, uh, Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups I'm sure you'll find me Yep, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at snail69 Nice. I thought you weren't going to do it then, and I was going to be incredibly <laughs> upset. Um, you can talk to me there about magic cards and uh, communism, apparently, <laughs> which is something I've been engaging with recently. <laughs> oh, and don't find me on Facebook. <laughs> awesome. That's pretty much all we had time for. Uh, once again, we are approaching the second hour. The Parhelion has returned. We'll Parhelion see you again next week on Hour of Devastation. 